0: Today's episode of Locked on Raptors is brought to you by CBDMD. Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done. But don't worry, because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to help you unwind and sleep harder than all-star voters slept on Fred Van Vliet. Sleep PM bath salts fuse superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts, and turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience while giving you the relaxation you desperately deserve. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all of our listeners... 25% 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout once again that's cbdmd.com promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD.
1: oh like because when I shot
2: I expected to make it so like, I don't shoot kind of miss. So.
0: you are locked on raptors
1: part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: What's going on? Welcome to episode number 901 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, March the 10th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast of course please make sure you're checking in on all of the locked on shows that you want to support as well subscribing rating reviewing and uh just telling friends and all that stuff it's always appreciated when you show the support and love to the shows that give you great content every single day on the locked on podcast network speaking of which Today's episode of the podcast features two wonderful Locked On hosts, and no, they're not the typical NBA crew I bring in to talk about teams around the league. It is Mike DiStefano and AJ Andrews from Locked On Blue Jays and Locked On Leafs, or I guess I got that in the wrong order. Mike is the host of Locked On Leafs, AJ is the host of Locked On Blue Jays, and we had a Toronto Sports Roundtable with a bit of a lull in the Raptors schedule and the Maple Leafs doing their thing and the Blue Jays getting ready to start their season down in spring training in Dunedin, Florida, we thought it was a good time to come together and talk about all three of the big teams in Toronto, what they're doing. And actually, this is going to be a two-part episode. It was unintended to be as long as it was, but we went like 55 minutes. So it's going to be two parts. The first part, we talk about the Blue Jays quite a bit and optimism surrounding them, as well as Kyle Lowry trade stuff, which you know and love as a regular staple of this podcast at this point. And then part two, which I believe I'll release on Thursday, maybe Friday, depending on what the schedule looks like and uh, what the news is around the Thursday night Raptors game and whether or not it'll be a real or fake game, depending on who's available. Either way, uh, that'll come out on Thursday or Friday. It will be an episode with, of course, Mike and AJ, and we're going to be running through the best athletes in Toronto, trying to determine a top five. It's pretty fun, and we went far longer on that subject matter than I expected we would. So you can get ready for that later this week. Another podcast later this week, again, trying to figure out the scheduling uh, mechanics and all of that. Uh, Blake Murphy's going to jump on it. We're going to run through his annual list of why all of your trade ideas are bad for the Raptors over at the Athletics. So go read that if you haven't read it. Yet, uh, What are you talking about? What are you doing? It's an annual rite of passage if you're a Raptors fan. Go read. All your trade ideas are bad. And we're going to talk through it with Blake on tomorrow's podcast. We're recording it tomorrow on Thursday. Whether it's posted Thursday, again, we'll see what the schedule is looking like. But that's what you have to expect from the rest of the week. Without further ado, let's get to it with myself, Mike DeStefano, AJ Andrews, talking all about the Maple Leafs, the Blue Jays, the Raptors, and how all those things intersect. But before we get into that, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Blue Chew. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combine, combat, that is, all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in discreet packaging. Woo! The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems there either. Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared to ship direct and so easy. Much cheaper than a farm as well so if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform visit bluechew.com for more details and more important safety information and we've got a special deal for our listeners right now as well try bluechew for free when you use the promo code locked on at checkout just pay five dollars shipping that's bluechew.com promo code locked on to receive your first month free and we thank bluechew for sponsoring the podcast all right, now, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with myself, Mike DeStefano, and AJ Andrews about the Blue Jays, the Raptors, and the Maple Leafs, part one of two. Here you go. Hey, it's Sean Woodley from Locked on Raptors here alongside Mike DeStefano of Locked on Leafs and AJ Andrews of Locked on Blue Jays for a little Toronto sports roundtable. It's a dead week in the NBA as the Raptors wait to return, may or may not have their players available. We'll see the Blue Jays are on a very non-televised journey through Florida as they uh, get spring training up and running. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course, are laying waste to the pathetic North Division and we're here to just kind of talk about how all the teams in Toronto are holding up here at a little Locked On crossover action. Uh, Mike, what's going on, man?
1: Uh, doing all right. Doing okay. I think uh, you can't be too upset with what's going on in, in Maple Leaf Land. You know, they are really lost three in a row as of this point. But you know what? They're still playing well. They haven't gotten dummied. So I think there's some positive signs and some positive play that's coming out of this little small speed bump of a losing streak
0: my theory on the Leafs is they're actually losing these games on purpose so they can give themselves at least a bit of a competitive (laughs) like juice going forward they don't want to be up by too many points because of the playoffs yeah you don't want to have the Tampa (laughs) Bay getting swept syndrome going on uh AJ uh how's it going with you
2: um it's going all right kind of going through my own spring training here much like (laughs) the blue jays but um you know it would help if there was actually spring up here but it's it's all right there's optimism there's a feeling that you know we could be talking about a potential World Series contender, which, I mean, I've been with the network since 2018, and I haven't had that opportunity, (laughs) because I joined, like, right after Batista and Donaldson and Encarnacion started falling off tables, and I'm just (laughs) excited to have a winning team to talk about.
0: Yeah, that's, like, the exact opposite of me. I have only hosted Lockdown Raptors while the Raptors have kicked ass, and this year has been... An interesting one to try to, uh, you know, sort through those feelings and try to figure out how to cover a not awesome team. Um, We're going to start off today by talking about the very good teams in Toronto right now. The Blue Jays, you know, it's all hypothetical. They haven't played a game yet, but they look to be quite good. So we'll talk about optimism surrounding them. We'll get into the Maple Leafs as well, who are kind of as good as they've been in a very, very, very long time, maybe 50-something years. I don't know. Who's to say? Let's not jinx it or anything like that. But uh, they look really, really good. We will then pivot into some Raptors talk as uh, Mike, AJ, and I will kind of dive into Kyle Lowry and his future with the Raptors. You can't be a Toronto sports fan and not have thoughts on Kyle Lowry. It's just the rules. Uh, And then we'll wrap things up and we will dive into a bit of a talk of the best athletes in Toronto. It's been kind of a long time since I even thought about this. Like I think the days of Jose Bautista and Josh Donaldson were the last time I really considered the question of who's the best athlete in Toronto. And uh, we're going to sort through that in the final segment of today's show. But let's start with the the spring being a new down in Florida. Let's start with the Jays, AJ. Um, Talk me and Mike into the Jays being, like you said, a potential fringy World Series contender, obviously, The Yankees are the Yankees. The Rays are going to do their dumb stuff and figure out a way to turn a pile of garbage into something passable that wins 94 games. Uh, But, you know, the Jays did a lot in the offseason. They bring in George Springer. Very exciting stuff. I talked about it a lot on the the Raptors podcast just out of excitement. Uh, There are obviously some bullpen additions, Kirby Yates and the crew. Uh, They're looking pretty good. Marcus Simeon comes in on a one-year deal. What's the level of optimism that you're feeling about the Blue Jays, AJ? And uh, should people in general be kind of getting on the hype train about this team, or is it potentially too early to get, you know, too caught up in expectations?
2: Look, Sean, after the winter we've had, it's never too early to be feeling optimistic about something for a change as opposed to just, you know, trying trying to go through the winter and and make it work. But you know, the Blue Jays put in work this spring and, you know, it's a continuation of a trend that started last season with the signing of Hyunjin Ryu. And thankfully this time uh, the George Springer signing didn't come out of nowhere like Ryu did. Just (laughs) like we talked about him for like a month. Like, is he going to sign with Toronto? Is he going to New York? Well, he chose Toronto and that's a huge thing. The Blue Jays actually getting the big ticket item from free agency, getting to check uh, so many boxes off their list at the same time, getting a guy who can bat in those first three spots in the order, getting a guy who plays great defense in center field, getting a guy who just improves his team so quickly in one swoop, has people feeling excited um, and, and eager to see what this Blue Jays team can do on the field. It's an absolute shame. They've only been able to see it once so far and Springer wasn't playing in that game, obviously, against the Yankees, but there, there's hope there. And and it's not just in relation to the Blue Jays making improvements, in, it's in relation to the other teams getting bad. Um, yeah, You talked about the Rays doing their usual thing. I don't think they have the ability to do their usual thing because they jettisoned half their payroll when they let Charlie Morton walk. And when they traded Blake Snell to San Diego, which that's not something I thought I'd be saying at this point last year, (laughs) but between that, between the Red Sox, you know, losing their entire outfield and not really replacing it with anything substantial and the Orioles being the Orioles, like it's essentially down to a two-horse race in the American League East and with the Yankees and the Blue Jays both facing a lot of questions on their starting rotation and just how many innings they're going to get out of their guys, that I think is going to be the deciding factor. And I like the Blue Jays' chances of keeping their rotation in a better state just with all the depth of guys they have uh as compared to the Yankees who are like we need 32 starts each from Corey Kluber (laughs) and Jamison Tyon. And good luck with that.
0: Yeah. Uh I I I think you've just talked me into the Blue Jays winning the AL East. Mike, you're (laughs) are you feeling similarly excited about the way the Jays stack up with the rest of the division?
1: I am. I, I think that the Jays got a pretty good shot here. Uh I, I like the additions that they made in the offseason. And to to me, like it's it's especially important. I feel like it's not being talked about like nearly enough that um it, it, the the reason or the fact that the Jays were able to bring in big ticket free agents like Springer, bringing in guys, you know, like Kirby Yates and like Marcus Simeon. I think it just speaks to how well built this team is that these guys chose to come to Toronto, despite all the COVID restrictions surrounding this team. Like they don't even know if they're going to be playing in a major league ballpark at all, yet they're still willing to come and play for Toronto. So I thought that that was, uh, you know, to me, uh, an underlying storyline that, says something about the way that the league views Toronto. So if the league and the players and, and George Springer think that this is a, a contending team, who am I to dispel that? So I certainly have really high hopes for Toronto coming into the year. Um, I, I do have a question though, for you, AJ, and, and it, it kind of pertains to this team's success because we know that young uh is going to be, you know, a, a stud. Like this is a guy who was a Cy Young candidate a year ago but the question marks come after that when it comes to starting rotation and pitching is is always going to be important in the AL East. You know, they've gone out and they've acquired a bunch of guys and and, and you know I say that with all due respect but <laughs> you know these are people who I would say ha- at one point we're considered like top tier prospects. Like Robbie Ray was an up and coming big time prospect. Stephen Matz uh, was an up and coming big time prospect. Chatwood had some upside. Like they've, they've gone out and they've qu- acquired some, some pitching, but they're going to need someone to step up of this group of guys who they've gone out and they've picked up. Who do you think has the best opportunity to kind of solidify themselves as a top three option, this rotation?
2: Well, I kind of want to look at the guy who was a top three option um, in the recent past. And, and that was Robbie Ray. Um, I can't really say anything about Nate Pearson because he hasn't proven anything at the major league level. And with the groin strain, he suffered a few days ago. There's now questions about his durability already, which is not what the blue Jays needed this early in the campaign. But um, yeah, the the Blue Jays took the approach of basically trying to find devalued talent, bring it in on the cheap, and try and rework it. I mean, they essentially got Robbie Ray for nothing, especially since they reacquired Travis Bergen from Arizona. So that, that trade was literally, you know, just Arizona paying Toronto to take Robbie Ray. And... You know, he showed enough in his five appearances with the Blue Jays um, that they re-signed him to that deal. They let Taiwan Walker walk. They're like, we want to keep Robbie Ray. And so far, he's starting to show um, pr- a promise in repaying that faith. Um, he's had a couple spring training starts so far. He's been able to pound a strike zone in his last start. He recorded seven outs and six of them were via the strikeout um against two walks but that that's the sort of thing they have to to hope is going to happen with Ray and happen with Matt's as well and Matt's has been even more impressive he's got six innings of scoreless baseball so far he looked really good yesterday against the Phillies um just almost completely blanking them through three innings so they found these guys who were you know, struggling either due to their own control issues, or in Mats's case, due to injury. It's the same reason why they got Kirby Yates on a cheap deal because he had uh, those elbow shards that he was dealing with last year that that limited his effectiveness to the point of uh, Shin Yamaguchi territory, <laughs> and that that seems to be what they're banking on is is a resurgence out of these guys and. And it's not just them, it's guys like Tanner Roark, who had a disappointing first campaign, uh Ross Stripling, who they acquired from the Dodgers in exchange for Kendall Williams and Ryan Noda, and and just kind of um you know expecting these guys to return to form with a full uh spring training under their belt or with a change of scenery. And you know, all they need is one or two of those guys to be able to take that step forward. And Mats and Ray seem like they have that ability. And if not, well, they also do still have a very deep prospect pool. So, you know, if in July they need to make that David Price kind of move and send some guys to get uh, Herman Marquez from Colorado or one of Cincinnati's pitchers, uh, Luis Castillo or Sonny Gray, they have that option. But for now, they're going to see what they can do with the guys they they've acquired on the cheap and and try and build like that. It's going to be early. So they're going to have time to let these guys kind of cook a little bit and see if they can return to form.
0: I am very excited by the the, just the possibility of like two of those guys hitting because there's so many that like it's just such a Hmm. high odds played that a couple of them are going to hit by the way this is a thomas thomas hatch podcast i think
2: thomas hatch is, uh, I, was, I was gonna say if yeah. the only the <laughs> only time to start worrying about the blue jays podcast is if tommy malone actually makes the 40-man roster then then we can start you know <laughs> kind of panicking a little bit <laughs>
0: Totally. Uh, And by the way, the the prospect of a midseason trade is very exciting to me as well. That's I think how all seasons should happen is the team should be fine and then they should trade for all the good players and win every game down the stretch. I want every baseball season to follow that exact path because I can't let go of 2015 and I never ever will.
1: That only happens in Raptor land, and, and I don't know if that's going to be <laughs> happening going forward either. So get Look at ready, that. Buckle up and get ready.
0: Wow. Look at that professional segue, Mike DiStefano, into Kyle Lowry trade talk. That was the next thing we wanted to get to here today. All right, we're going to continue on the conversation with myself, AJ, and Mike in just a second and dive into Kyle Lowry trade scuttlebutt. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Built Bar who make the best tasting protein bar in the world. And of course, right now, have a wonderful promotion going on. It is the Built Bar Bracket Madness. All month long, we are voting on who, what the best flavor of Built Bar is. You can go to builtbar.com and find the bracket there. Again, it's the best-tasting protein bar, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing tasting with 100% chocolate covering each and every bar. Today's matchups are German Chocolate Cake against Salted Caramel and Mocha Love against White Chocolate Birthday Cake. I think Salted Caramel probably a matchup, one over German Chocolate Cake, although I know people are partial to German Chocolate Cake. I have not had either Mocha Love or White Chocolate Birthday Cake in the second matchup, but... Both sound wonderful, and I recommend you go and buy them at BuiltBar.com. You can also go to built Bar's Twitter at Bar underscore Built to vote as well. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the game. Today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the number one place to put all your money down on your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Baseball is coming up soon as well, and also BetOnline allows you to vote or bet on awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your First deposit at betonline.ag with the promo code LOCKEDON, and that'll get you that 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, now back to it with myself and AJ Andrews, as well as Mike DiStefano, talking about Kyle Lowry and trade talk. Ooh. Uh, So let's dive on in, Mike and AJ, to Kyle Lowry stuff. My wheelhouse, if you will. Uh, I'm excited to have other people to talk about this with because I am frankly sick of talking about Kyle Larry trade talk because it's what I do every single day on the podcast apparently now it's just my lot in life, but we're going to continue on today. Uh, Let's go to Mike first here, you know. people who listen to Lockdown Raptors know my feelings on a Kyle Lowry trade. I think don't do it. I think you're good. I think you should be giving Kyle Lowry one last earnest run through the playoffs and getting extra playoff reps for your young core that you have already locked in going forward. And you're too good to tank. You're too good to fall too far out of the playoff race. And it just seems like uh, kind of a coward move to trade away Kyle Lowry. Honestly, I, I think it's bad. And I would like to see him play more games in a Raptors uniform. I'd like to see him come back to continue playing in a Raptors uniform, potentially in Toronto, which would be nice considering we haven't seen him play in Toronto for over a year, and it would be a pretty sad goodbye if his last game as a Raptor came in Tampa Bay. With that, Mike, should the Raptors trade Kyle Lowry? What
1: Man, I didn't I didn't even think about that aspect. Like a long-storied possibly greatest Raptor ever and the guy's like final season potentially could not even be in Toronto at the Scotiabank Arena. That's that's kind of sad. Like that kind of tugs at my heartstrings a little bit that, that we missed out on a, you know, Lowry's last year, Lowry's last ride with the Raptors. If it, it doesn't have to be, <laughs> if, it, if it happens to be that you're right. um Like I'm, I'm somewhat on the fence on this because I I think that they just have to sit down messiah and Kyle, and figure it out. Like, are you here long-term? Like, and if you are like, have a, a, a contract that's kind of, Tucked away in the top drawer of the desk and they know that they can revisit it and, and sign it in the offseason and, and then not worry about it. But if Kyle is on the fence and he's thinking I might want to test free agency uh, and see where I could go, I think that they owe it to him uh to give him an opportunity. Because I, I don't think that the Raptors are a championship contending team this year. I think they'll make the playoffs, and I think they may even be able to win a round. We'll see what ends up happening, who they who they end up getting in round one. But I think that this team just at the end of the day, uh, they're just not deep enough to contend for me. And if that's the case and Kyle Lowry's not a hundred percent going to be back next year, I think you have to kind of cut your losses here and try and get and recoup some assets for Lowry. So I'm not that I'm team trade Lowry, but I think it might be best for the future of this team. I mean, there's no stating that this team can have success when without Lowry, like the records, what like, sixteen and and three or something like that when he's not in the lineup the last few years. So I think that this team uh, with the way that Van Vliet is playing at the point guard position, they could they could probably move on from Kyle as much as it pains me to admit it. Like, I know this guy's kind of the heart and soul of the team, but if they can get back some quality, quality pieces in return and try and help build this team and build on to that depth that they had back when they won the championship a couple of years back, I think that's a, a good step in the right direction to try and retooling this team to go on another big run.
0: AJ, how are you feeling about the whole thing?
2: <laughs> um... So here's the thing. I can remember the last time that Kyle Lowry was involved in trade talk with the Raptors. Um <laughs> and it was only scuttled because James Dolan got burned so hard by Andrea <laughs> Bargnani that he did not want to have anything to do with the Raptors. And then, of course, you know, the Rudy Gay trade happened and they went on their their run that Sean is still riding to this day um see i'm i will admit i'm a lot more sentimental with my sports teams um than most which is really funny whenever i'm i'm playing like a video game i'll be like the second someone falls out of the starting lineup (laughs) it's like all right you're traded um but with a guy like kyle lowry who You know, you can hold up Chris Bosh and Vince Carter and Kawhi Leonard. I will still say Kyle Lowry is probably the greatest Raptor. Oh, it's not even a
0: conversation. Yeah. It's sealed.
2: Yeah. Like, he's he's getting the statue um, outside of Scotiabank Arena. So when you reach that point, you do kind of – need to have a say in your own future and i'm sure masai jerry's been talking with kyle and bobby webster has been talking just to see how he feels about the whole situation and it's you know it's kind of clear that he's not a fan of all these trade rumors going around Mm -hmm. but um let's face it the raptors are in last place in the division right now they're still in the playoffs remarkably (laughs) that's how good the Atlantic division is compared to the other two, that all five of their teams <laughs> would actually make the playoffs. But um, yeah, at, at this point you have to reassess. I mean, Kawhi is not walking through that door to, mm-hmm. to make this team what it is. And, and you don't know what you're going to actually be able to do in free agency with all that money you would earmarked for Giannis. So I think Kyle Lowry's earned the right to make that decision himself whether or not he wants to stay with the Raptors stay with the franchise that you know gave him the opportunity that the Rockets and the Grizzlies never did and allowed him to become this all-star this legend for a franchise and let him determine if he wants to stay through the rebuild if he wants to try and help shepherd the kids he's not going to be getting 30 million dollars for it I'm I'm sorry to say. Mm. So if he wants that, if he's all about the money, he's going to have to go to free agency. But he's earned that right to make that choice. And mm-hmm. you know, I I don't even know what the blue I uh, blue jays. <laughs> I don't really know what the Raptors um would even be able to get um in a trade. Like if yeah. they like we see in some of the packages, uh, for guys like Russell Westbrook. Um Ooh. And yeah, and James Harden, he's not <laughs> gonna get that level of package. And you know, if it's from it like they're not they're not getting that from Brooklyn, they've already traded all their first round picks. Mm-hmm. But if a team like you know, Philadelphia, where which is his hometown, or you know i don't even know what the clippers would offer again they nothing. Traded the clippers all their have first nothing to picks. offer
0: is the thing no. yeah like, they have they're not taking marcus morris back it's not oh happening.
2: god no <laughs> god no yeah. um i yeah i also don't really know where he'd be traded um aside from yeah philadelphia or new york and i'm not sure you want to do that with a divisional rival so i yeah. i actually think he's more likely to stay with the raptors than be traded and i think as Mike said, that's a situation that benefits everyone because then, you know, if he wants to, he can come back to Toronto and have the recognition he deserves for what he's done for this franchise.
0: Yeah. My sort of overall feeling on it is that, like, the Raptors are not in a position where they are going full teardown, full rebuild, where they have to maximize every ounce of assets they can get back for who they have on the team, right? Yeah. Like, they have... The core of their next team already signed for long-term deals uh, in OG Fred and Pascal Siakam, and all three of those guys are going to eventually be very good trade chips as well. If they feel like they need to make another Kawhi deal, I talked about that on Monday's podcast. I don't have to go back into it, but you know the, they are set. They've set themselves up pretty well here, and I don't think trading Kyle Lowry appreciably increases how well they're set up. Yes, you might get. An extra pick and maybe a nice prospect like the, the the trade that is thrown around a lot is the Sixers trading. It's like Danny Green, Mike Scott, a couple other salaries, and then they kick in like Tyrese Maxey or Matisse Thibel, and then a first round pick. It's like, whatever, fine. Like, I, I get it. Maxi's had some nice games, mostly in games where he's had to play because he was the only sixer not afflicted with COVID. And so he's <laughs> 40 points as a result. Um, like, Thiebel is a really good defender, doesn't shoot. I, I'm kind of nonplussed by Thiebel, honestly. And, and
2: and why do you need Thiebel if you have OG?
0: Exactly. I mean, look, if you wanted to roll out a front court of OG Siakam, Thiebel, and throw away the idea of a center, okay, I can get on board with that. That sounds pretty fun, and like no one will ever score ever. But you know, it, it's just. For me, the value of watching Kyle Lowry play basketball for the Raptors is more than anything you'll get with a late 20s pick from the Sixers and a prospect. And you already have your pick in this year's draft. Look, I'd be fine trading it for like a Thaddeus Young or something to improve the team and give them an actual earnest shot at making a run through a round or two in the East. But if they hold on to that pick, they still have that. I don't think Kyle leaving for nothing is some... Bad thing. Everyone sort of throws around, oh, you can't lose people for nothing. But it's like the Raptors have kind of proven that it's not the be-all, end-all. Like you can milk all the value and all the joy out of a player for a long time, and then if they leave, they leave. But you still have the happiness to know that you look back and hey, you know, we didn't trade Serge Ibaka and Marcus All going into last year's deadline, and instead we went on an amazing run through the postseason. And yes, it fell short in the second round, but no Raptors fan is trading game six against the Celtics or game three against the Celtics for anything. And getting those sort of landmark memories and, you know, moments from guys is super valuable. And to me more valuable than an extra first round pick late in the first round. I mean, it's, I,
1: yeah. My, my only pushback on that would be that I think last year's team and this year's team are, are totally different. Sure. I mean, they're defending a championship and, and they needed those guys going forward. Uh, to try and do that, and there was expectations that they were going to have an opportunity to defend that, that championship. Not necessarily the case this season, right? And if if you don't feel like you have that championship uh, team this year, then you know getting the most out of Kyle Lowry, getting an asset back for him, uh, kind of helps you going forward if you want to try and retool and get back to that championship level next season. Because mm-hmm. like if if he's not coming back. I don't see the value in keeping him. Plus, there's that whole argument about Bird right. So if he wants to go to uh to Philly, I mean, wouldn't he make more money like as Kyle Lowry himself if he were to get traded? Like wouldn't that be in his best interest if he's not coming back to Toronto?
0: Yeah, but the Sixers won't be able to give him the max either, they, unless they want to go deep into the tax, which I guess they could, but you know, it, it's uh look, there's no easy answers here. I, I I'm growing more understanding of the pro trade Lowry sentiment, even though I don't think I'm ever going to agree with it. I at least get where people are coming from. I just maybe i'm like aj and that i'm just sentimental and want to ride it out till the very end and i think there's value in that so what we've established in this segment is aj and i are sentimental with feelings and mike's a ghoul and uh, (laughs) (laughs) i Um, think that yeah sorry aj finish off
2: no i was just gonna ask right quick because you you said that he's young was your idea to improve this team um just quickly um I believe Andre Drummond's still out there. Why not Andre Drummond?
0: Because he's bad at basketball. Uh <laughs> he, you know, he's got he the, puts the big up numbers. All those
2: numbers though, and they don't yeah. have a center. Just truly empty
0: calories are his numbers. Uh, I don't think he would be a good defender within the, the construct of the Raptors with their system. And also, I am fully on board with the small ball train. They look awesome when they play small. Thad Young has been basically like a playmaking five all season long for the bulls. He's averaging like four and a half assists a game. If you want to hear about that, young. Listen to Tuesday's locked on Raptors. <laughs> as we talked to Jordan Malley of locked on bulls about him, but there you, um, go. you know, I just, I am fully on board with the Raptors leaning into small ball and just having Aaron Baines come off the bench as like a five who guards large people and being okay with the rebounds. You're going to give up playing small because they defend like hell when they're small, they score quite well when they're small and I think that young would fit perfectly in like a lineup of Lowry, Van Vliet, OG, young, and Siakam. That that really uh, makes me happy to think about. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm all bored. I'm all on, on, on the small ball train. It's, I, I, I can't get off. I'm the conductor at this point.
2: The only problem is they get dunked on when they're small. And that's all anyone's going to remember about <laughs> the Raptors this season is you to watch Watanabe getting posterized.
0: You know what? Uh, We are being way too hard on Utah for that, as he said in a quote, uh, I would rather get dunked on than just let a guy score points. It's a noble, noble way to have your NBA career ruined. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Utah Watanabe. All right. So as I said at the top, our conversation ran quite long and we are going to save the conversation about the top five athletes in Toronto sports for a later date this week and wrap it up there. So big thanks to everyone who tuned in. Thank you to Mike and AJ for taking the time. Go listen to their podcast, Locked on Leafs and Locked on Blue Jays. They are awesome. And of course, listen to support and subscribe and review and all the good stuff. uh, Locked on Raptors as well. It's always appreciated when you support. That'll do it for today. Uh, Again, still a little figuring out what the schedule is going to look like in terms of the order of release between the episode featuring the Toronto Sports Roundtable Part 2 and Blake Murphy talking about trades being bad. I think what's most likely is probably Friday you'll hear Part 2 of the Roundtable with a bit of a first segment devoted to breaking down the game on Thursday night. As the Raptors play, I don't even know who they play on Thursday night. What the hell is wrong with my brain? They play on Thursday night the Atlanta Hawks. So we'll break down that game uh, before we get to Part 2 of the Roundtable with Mike and AJ, most likely on Friday. So keep an eye out there thank you so much for tuning in we will talk to you again on thursday with another episode of locked on Raptors.